You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. But Jimmy is doing this on his own today. Uh, I am recording the beginning. Does that mean anything to you? I hope so. Uh, first of all, I want everybody to go check out at Smack Apparel on tweeters. Look, I know it's Twitter, by the way. but Or f- go to our Twitter page, at Locked on Bama. All you have to do is retweet or like any of the podcasts we put out this week, and you have an opportunity to win this very cool t-shirt that they are putting out. It says, sucks to be you with the Miami unit. It's pretty clever. So go check it out uh, at Sweat. Excuse me, no, at Smack Apparel. But I did also want to talk to you about Sweat Block. Look, there's a new uh, sponsor that just came on. Doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use, okay? And they they explained this to us, like we had a big meeting about this and whatever, okay? It's like a um, deodorant wipe. You know, you, you can use it anywhere you want. And um, it will help stop sweat for like, seven days. All you have to do is use it once. You use it once before you go to bed on a Sunday, you wake up, you shower, do your thing, whatever. You don't have to use the sweat block at all again for another seven days. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. There's a dry shirt guarantee. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. It's manufactured in the U.S., um, you wear what you want to wear. You don't have to worry about sweating through everything. You know, if you're going on that first date or you're getting married or you're getting divorced or whatever you're doing um, that makes you sweat or watching a Bama game, you know, anything, you can use this and it'll help. Sweat block. Look, go to sweat block. Look, they're all kind of videos on the Rachel Ray show, all these other things. Go check them out. Go to sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon. Uh, you can get it, or CVS, wherever. But you want 20% off at sweatblock.com? Use promo code Locked On. We want you to go check it out. If you are a sweater, I am a sweater. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, so I'm going to try it out. I mean, that's the way it is. So go try them out. Sweatblock.com. Just want to say that we appreciate them. And uh, now Jimmy's going to get to the countdown. This is Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama podcast. Continuing the player roster countdown down to the number five. And let's talk about Jalen Armour Davis, who, as we record this, is a starting cornerback. He was basically elevated to starting cornerback very early in spring practice and held on to it throughout the spring, despite the fact that's a position where Alabama has several talented guys. Uh, this is Jalen Armour Davis's third year uh, in the program. And, you know, I, he's a local kid to me. I, I saw him play as a young player at St. Paul's and, and, and identified him right away as an SEC player and talked about that the, the night I saw him on Twitter and shared his name with the recruiting industry and, and things really, uh, you know, uh, you know, pretty, pretty highly recruited guy. A couple things have surprised me, though. Uh, even though he was a cornerback in high school, uh, he also played some safety, and I, I really thought 
he would eventually become a safety at Alabama. And if I was wrong, then then he would be at that star position where, where Malachi plays now. That That's what I projected, partly because of Jalen's size. Uh, you know, he, he has almost a safety frame to him. Uh, and his cover skills were fine, but I, I just looked at him like, wow, this, this is a cover safety, a guy that's going to be a good playmaker in the middle of the field. So I've been surprised and impressed, frankly, that he has stuck at corner and has become a starting corner. And in the spring, I felt like he proved that he's a starting player at Alabama and that he's an SEC starting cornerback. And and I've been really knocked out by him. And should he remain the starter, I think he'll be fine. Um, I don't know that he's going to develop into a star player uh, like an all-conference type player, but at the same time, you know, he's he surprised me, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But what I really feel his biggest problem is uh, has nothing to do with on the field. I think he's fine. It's just the talent in the room, and here comes Kool-Aid McKinstry. I mean, Kool-Aid, to me, is a freak. Uh, you know, as Saban recruits extremely well, and Every year we bring in four or five new freaks. I mean, true threat like Will Anderson being a good example. Actually, Malachi Moore, who who no nobody saw that coming really. But you know these true freshmen that not only become starters at Nick Saban's Alabama. Think about how hard that is. You know to be an immediate starter at the program that recruits better than anyone has in the history of the game, and then you're going to be an immediate starter as a true freshman. But every year, two or three guys are, and, and last year's Will and Malachi and Brian Branch all on defense, and uh, and now here comes Kool Aid, and to me, Kool Aid uh, fits that profile of the immediate freshman starter. So Jalen Armour Davis is going to have to hold him off, but he might. He did throughout the spring. He has so far in early fall camp practices, and even if Jalen doesn't hold off Kool Aid, and Kool Aid becomes the starter opposite Josh Job. You can't help but think Jalen Armour Davis will still be a big part of things on special teams where uh, where his size and speed uh, really, would really make him an effective player. So a uh, good player, a major contributor, I think, on this fall's team uh, and proved in the spring that he's good enough to be, to be a starter in the SEC. Jalen Armour Davis will be back after this. All right, now I want to tell everybody about betonline.ag. Look, talked about sweat block a little earlier. Something you don't have to sweat is when you go to betonline.ag and you're worried about, you know, how, how easy is this site to navigate? How uh, reputable is this site? I promise you they're reputable. I've used them. They're great. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on to get you a 50% welcome bonus. Um, it's a badass site. You can bet on anything you want to. That's always cool. Bet on reality TV. Bet on Major League Baseball. Bet on reality TV. Bet on NBA Bet on college football futures. Bet on reality TV. Bet on NFL. Whatever you want to, especially if you like betting on reality TV, as I've brought that up several times. That's just one way I know you can get your wife into it, too, or your girlfriend or your mistress or whatever you're into. BetOnline.ag. Go check them out. Promo code locked on will get you that 50% welcome bonus. Also, want to tell you about rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. You know it works. You know you've used them. And you know that when you've gone there, you've put in, how'd you hear about us, box? Said Locked On Bama. We appreciate it. You're great people. Thank you. Go to rockauto.com. Get the parts your car needs. 
if you're driving an Impala or a DeLorean, they've got car, they got parts for everything, man. And it's a family-run business. You can't beat rockauto.com. Go check them out. You will absolutely love rockauto.com. It's the place to go for all the parts your car will ever need. They say it right there in the jingle. They ain't playing. I, I say this about all the websites, but it's true. They're easy to navigate. That's super important to me. I don't want a bunch of frills and pop-ups and BS. I want what I want, to, what I want, what I came there for. And rockauto.com gives you that. Go check them out, rockauto.com. Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama podcast, player roster countdown. Number five on the offense is Javon Baker. You know, uh, last summer, the team practiced by themselves when they couldn't do organized things because of all the COVID rules and and Mac Jones really was responsible for that. It seems to me what an incredible job of of Mac Jones being the quarterback coach organizer of the summer practices. You can't help but wonder if the incredible team chemistry last year, that driven group that won the national championship, if uh, if that didn't start on the on the band field where where Mac would get guys uh, practicing in the summer before they could officially as a team and. Uh, Every now and then you'd hear whispers out of that band camp uh, practice field that the freshman receiver from the Atlanta area, Javon Baker, was uh, was beating our vets uh, routinely and and looking like a guy that was going to be a significant player. And, and, and he sort of carried that over into fall camp. And it really looked like he was going to be the true freshman that sort of could take some pressure off of Devontae Smith and Jayla Waddle and John Mechie and kind of become that fourth guy that – was actually a playmaker, and and then then the game started, and and we didn't see much of him uh, really all year. Now he did he did he did get in the games even with the first rotation at times, uh, but based on all the summer and fall camp hype, uh, we didn't see much of Baker. So he goes into the spring is like okay, well now it's his his time because Smitty and and Waddle have moved on and. And and we need a compliment to Mechie. And to some extent, he did do that. I, I think he had some really good uh, performances in those scrimmages, uh, you know, game-like scrimmages in the stadium. Uh, Javon had, had good days. But then uh, A-Day was sort of quiet, you know, didn't didn't really have a, a, a productive day on, on A-Day. And uh, now it's kind of like we're not sure what we're going to get from him. Uh, although, let's talk about this. This is just his year two when guys tend to make the biggest jump in their careers from year one to year two. And and there's been su- such buzz that I-, I think this is a guy we should be really happy and optimistic about. It's just, you know, I guess we just get so spoiled. I mean, Smitty and Waddle and Ruggs and Judy and, and, and before them, Ridley and, and, and Amari Cooper, uh, Julio. I mean, we, we're spoiled by these incredible, not just first-round talents, but the top half of the first round, the top 10. And we, we sort of set the bar there. And, 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 and the, the fact of the matter is you don't have to be those guys to be really good. And I think J- Javon's going to be a good player. Uh, he's probably not Jerry Judy. And, and, <laughs> and, and who is, you know? But I think he's going to be a good player. I, I think he's going to be a significant contributor to the team's success this fall. 
Now, is he going to be the number two receiver behind Mechie? Maybe. I don't rule that out. Not at all. But also see him as no worse than fourth uh, and a guy that's going to play a lot with the first team. He is a strong-handed player. And by that, what I mean, what, what I've seen from Baker in terms of if you're like, what kind of player is he? He's going to be excellent catching the ball in traffic, which is a real baller to me. The guys that are really good fighting for the ball and coming down with the catch, that's kind of him Him to me, uh, just real strong hands. Um, not a blazer. He's not going to be a 4-4 guy, but he can run. Uh, it's not a liability by any means, uh, but but not, you know, a guy that's going to just light up the watch, you know, in Indianapolis. Uh, but a physical kid that should be a good blocker on the perimeter. So uh, just a real SEC receiver, I think, is what you see out of, out of Javon Baker. So expect to see him this fall. Expect him to be a significant player. Jimmy Stein on the player roster countdown, continuing to count down all the way to number one, Kool-Aid and Jameson Williams, but got a few more before we get there because we, we double up all the numbers down here, and the, the players love those single-digit numbers. They they fight over them. You, you know what happens in recruiting sometimes? It doesn't happen all the time, and you're like, what's wrong with these kids? But <laughs> every now and then a kid will literally choose a place uh, because his number is available, like some guy that just like really wants to be number three, and you're like, hey, I'll commit, but I, I want to wear number three. And the coach is like, well, we already got three that's coming back on offense and defense. Kid's like, oh, sorry, I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, that, that that literally happens. Not a lot, but it, but it does in case you want to drive yourself even more crazy following recruiting. But uh, number four, for Alabama on defense, we'll we'll do uh, we'll do the other one too. But number four on defense, Chris Allen, almost an overlooked member of the linebacker core, which is crazy because he'd be the best linebacker at, at probably ninety percent of all college programs. He's the best at Alabama. He's almost struggling to to be number four. Alabama featuring perhaps maybe its best starting linebacker crew in, in school history, which is saying so much, but uh, I think it may be true. Chris Allen from Baton Rouge, you know, highly hyped guy, very highly recruited. Alabama thrilled to get him. And he actually, if I remember, may have even redshirted his first year. And then his redshirt freshman year didn't really see the field much and probably some cynics. I'm never like this, and I don't know why anybody ever gets like this because you're going to be wrong so much of the time. But I think after two years, some some Alabama fans may have been like, oh, I guess we were just wrong about him, and he's not, he's not that great. Well, first of all, it's incredibly hard to get on the field at Nick Saban's Alabama. There's always a freak in front of you. And frankly, we don't substitute a whole bunch anyway. I mean, if you're not the starter, you're not really going to play a lot unless you're at one of the few positions that we do rotate a lot, like the defensive line. But I'm just saying we didn't see a lot of Chris Allen early despite a lot of hype and his recruitment. Uh, but like just a lot of kids, he starts figuring it out and it starts making sense to him and he's working hard the whole time and Boom, by year three, now we see him a lot, and, and and then it's year four, and he's one of the best linebackers in the SEC. Now he's on the verge of being a pro football player. I mean, he, he's, he's now almost fully developed, 
and reaching his, uh, his potential. What I like most about Chris, and, and I'd say the same thing about Will Anderson on the other side, but, but what we have to say it about Chris too, while pass rush is sort of his thing, where maybe that's his best trait and probably showed up at Alabama pretty good at that. I think everything else has been, you know, a kind of a project. And by that, I mean, he has developed into a really good player against the run. Um, You know, he's not a third down guy. I mean, this, this is a guy that can play every down because he's physical. He gets off of blocks in the run game to me well. He has great lateral ability. He can... He can be a, a cornerstone of the edge and not let plays around him. But at the same time, he has such good lateral speed, he'll just make the play even outside. Uh, just great range. And then, uh, believe it or not, you don't see it happen a lot. But on plays that we ask him to drop, uh, he's good. He's good. He, this kid for a pass rusher defends space pretty well. So... Now, of course, it's something he's going to always have to work on because it's the hardest thing for those guys to do that play that position at his size. But he does play in space pretty well. I think that he's a guy that when the NFL scouts get his tape and they watch him down to down, I mean, obviously Will Anderson's going to steal all all the headlines as Alabama's outside linebacker. And Will Anderson, I mean, for all we know, he could be the first pick of the draft next year you know, in 2023. But I think when the NFL scouts really dissect Chris Allen and watch him snap to snap, they're going to be like, wow, this guy is a player. Uh, Because he does so much right. He's got the long arms. He's he's big. Uh, He can rush the passer, which is really critical in that league. But his ability to, to do it all, to play the run, to drop, and, and, and just be a smart, good football player that's in the right place almost all the time. Uh, I think the NFL is going to like this guy almost more than the fans do. I mean, in terms of, of, in ter- terms of this is a guy that just does his job really well. So don't forget Chris Allen. I know, I know it's a headline position for Alabama with Will Anderson, who might be the best pass rusher in college football, and then inside with Henry Toe Toe or Hank, as we call him here, and Christian Harris, maybe, you know, the best inside linebacker duo in the country. And then, and then you kind of forget, like, who's the fourth guy? Oh, oh, Chris Allen, who I'll tell you right now, I'll be shocked if he's not a day two pick. And I know at Nick Saban's Alabama, maybe that doesn't move the meter <laughs> because of the insane standards that have been set. Uh, but, no, when you're a day two pick in the NFL draft, that means – they anticipate you not only playing pro football, but start being a starting player, being a significant player on the roster. Uh, and that's Chris Allen. So uh, just another great player at Nick Saban's Alabama. We'll be back. <laughs>